Hello and welcome. My name is Courtney Whitney. I'm a tenacious follower of Jesus, an army wife, and a mother to six precious souls, two of whom came to a special delivery from China. We own a big red van that carts our tribe around. On this podcast, we explore stories of ordinary people living bravely. We're so glad you've joined us for this conversation from the BRV. Chris and Jenny to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, so for those of you who don't know Chris and Jenny, which I mean, I'm sure there are listeners who already know how famous you guys are. I mean, this is an international <laughs> podcast, so <laughs> right. we're, we're really, we're really, it's pretty exciting. Um, Chris and Jenny, I want you to introduce yourselves. Um, tell us who like who you are, you have kids, you live where, because I said international, and why do you live there? Well, thank you for having us, and uh, we're happy to join you on this, and um, we go way back with you to, what, 2015? I mean, uh, but it's been, it seems like forever, so that's good. It really it's does, good actually. <laughs> and uh, we love you guys. We're glad. Uh, we're glad to join you. So we're Chris and Jenny Jolin. We are missionaries with an organization called Cadence International, and Cadence International is an organization that uh, seeks to um, minister to the military and the military community wherever they are found, wherever we can be. So both U.S. and international. Now, we are at uh, United States Army Garrison Humphreys in uh, South Korea, so we are joining you from there, and uh, we've been here since 2015, so we're almost on our six-year anniversary. Jenny, I'll let you take take the, some of the rest. You said family. Yeah, yeah. the kids. Yeah. So we have five kids. Um, our oldest, Rachel, is, um, well, she's 18, almost 19. Um, she is a sophomore she's a sophomore in college this year I can't believe it um and then uh three teenage boys Calvin is almost 18 he'll be a senior this year Brady is 16 he will be a uh sophomore wait no he's gonna be a junior just kidding (laughs) we're on top of things (laughs) right we know that's why I'm having her do it because I have no clue yeah I, I let her answer so this Brady, one. Yep, 16 and a junior and two 14 and a freshman. And then um, Brie is three. Three and a half going. <laughs> also, yep. we have a three-year-old. Yeah, uh, surprise Korea baby. And uh, there she is. The Lord saw fit to make us grandpa parents and uh, grandma and grandpa parents. And uh, here we are. It was yep. the best surprise we've ever yeah. had. Of yeah. course. Keeps us young. I know. I love yeah. it. Where are you guys from? Tell me that. Well, we're uh, we're coming from uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, so uh, <laughs> Midwest, and uh, yeah. So uh, Jenny grew up in Duluth, Minnesota, her whole life, and then went to Bethel University in St. Paul, and then I actually grew up in Florida, moved to uh, the Duluth area when I was. Um, just uh, getting out of grade school uh, slash junior high and then spent my junior high and high school there and then went in the military in the army at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and then ended up coming back to Minnesota and doing college at Bethel University as well. And that's where we both also got our master's degree. So I got my, I went to seminary, got my 
Masters of Divinity at Bethel Seminary, and Jenny got her counseling degree at the graduate school at Bethel. So we were there for, uh, what, 16 years-ish before we uh, actually were called out of there to come overseas to Korea with Cadence. All right. Okay. Well, that leads us into the question of how did you manage to get from Minnesota to Korea? Like why Korea of all Yeah. Well, that's a great question. You know, it really started when, um, when I, I really felt in high school, um, as I came to Christ and was really seeking to follow God, uh, I felt the Lord really calling me to join the military. And so I enlisted in my junior year. So between my junior and senior year, and then um, I was in the delayed entry program for a little while there. So then once I graduated high school, I was I was sent to Fort McClellan, Alabama for my um, my uh, my basic training in AIT. And um, and my military job was I was a correction specialist. So I worked in a jail. So there I was at 18 years old, um, uh, sent to Fort Knox, Kentucky, where you are currently. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I worked at what they had at the time there. They don't anymore, but they had a regional correctional facility there. So that's what I did for three years. And it was during that time that I connected with the Navigators Military Ministry, and they really discipled me and and just brought me along and and loved on me well. There's some great there's some great families there and some great folks that I met that discipled me well and really gave me a heart and a passion for ministry and to serve Lord the rest of my life. And then it was in the midst of that that Jenny and I connected. Uh, she went to a different high school than I in, in Duluth area. And so we, we ended up knowing each other through someone else. And so it was during that time we connected, started dating, and then Jenny would come down and visit me um, occasionally here and there. And one summer she even came down and stayed with somebody in our ministry and worked, um, at, Fort worked at Fort Knox for a little bit. And so it was wow. during that time we were dating. And uh, to be honest, it was during that time I was like, man, I'm pretty sure this is the girl I'm going to marry. You know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when, but this is the one for me anyway. And and so we and it was during that time, I think we both we both agree that we developed a passion for not only ministry, but we thought, man, I, I the Lord might be calling us to military ministry. We didn't know how or when or what, but we just knew that was possible. And so once I got out of the military, um, you know, it was just a matter of, okay, I'm going back to Minnesota, but where am I going to go to school? What's this going to look like? Jenny had already been at Bethel University at least a year by then. And so I thought, well, that's where my future wife is. That's where I want to go. And so uh, I ended up being able to get a job at Bethel. And, um, and so I was working full time, going to school full time. And then we ended up getting married and, you know, we're going to school full time, married. Then we started having kids and then life took us. And, uh, and so over the next, you know, like I said, 15, 16 years, there we were, I was still working at Bethel. I'd done a different, done a couple different jobs there. And um, Jenny had kind of gone on and she was in the psychology realm. She was doing counseling and things. And um, by the time I graduated seminary, by the time Jenny graduated from her master's degree as well, we were both really had this, I, at least for me, I had this um, the Lord really speaking to me saying, I know I'm calling you to ministry, Chris. And I'm like, okay, I know you are, but I'm not seeing anything. I, you know, uh, during that time I had entered the chaplain candidate program. I thought, okay, this was it. Like this right. was the military ministry. The Lord was calling us to. And, and that's what we pursued thinking, okay, I'm going to go active duty someday. Well, that didn't, you know, 
I did that for five years. And, and throughout that time, by the, by the time it was done, my, my time was done. It was kind of like, well, I don't necessarily think this is where the Lord's calling me to. Like, I know he's calling military ministry, but not necessarily embedded in the military, you know, and our chaplains, you know, serve a great job and they are essentially embedded missionaries. And, um, and it takes a specific call, a specific heart and a specific passion for that. And, I just grew to understand that that quite I wasn't quite there. <laughs> maybe it's because I spent too much time in the civilian world, and then you know <laughs> maybe maybe as I experienced the military life again, I thought you know I just don't know if this is what I want. So that was part of it, but also I think obviously the Lord was working in other ways. And so around 2012, 2013, uh, the Lord um, introduced um, introduced us to Cadence, and so that's. That's what the uh, process started for us. I was doing an online job search for church jobs and Cadence happened to be on this search and, and the Lord really spoke to me and said, hey, you need to check this out. And so as we were researching and, and doing all that, we just thought, oh, wow, the Lord is really working here. And what really appealed to us was the fact that Cadence does what they call hospitality house ministry. And, and the whole focus of that ministry is you're inviting people into your home. And, uh, and you're, you're intentionally sharing the gospel, you're doing Bible studies, you're sharing meals, you're, you're recreating together, you're hanging out together, you're doing life together. And for Jenny and I, that's just something that, that we had been doing, at least on some level for a long time. And, and we thought, wow, this really fits our gifting, it, it fits our talents, our strengths, what maybe we felt like God had really wired us to do and to be. And, um, the really, the really hard part was, okay, here we are in Minnesota. We're in a house that we thought this is where we're going to be until we're old. This is where we had great, good jobs. We had good, good friends and everything was, was great. We were comfortable. We were happy. We were making good money, you know, all of that stuff. And yet here the Lord was saying, I want you to consider a loss, all of that for the sake of Christ. And a long time ago, I memorized as a life verse for me, Philippians 3, 7 through 14. And, and it wasn't until that time in our life, it wasn't until 2013, 2014, where the Lord was really challenging me to understand the gravity of that verse and what Paul meant when he was telling people, you know, I, what is what profit is to me, you know, and, and cons what does it look like to consider everything a loss? For the sake of Christ, yeah, you have these great things, but hey, Chris and Jenny, what what would it look like if you gave all that up for me um, and to go where I'm calling you to? And and that was a really big deal. And um, and once we answered that call, and once Cadence accepted us, and we went through a whole huge process with them, from then it was a really a matter of hey, where is there a need? Where where does Cadence have a need for people to be? And and Camp Pumphreys at the time, this is what, 2014, 2015, it was still a smaller post, or, you know, not more than 10,000 soldiers and civilians and so on and so forth. And, and yet it was going to be expanding big uh, soon. And, and Caden said, hey, we have a strategic um, post here. We want you guys to consider going to Korea. And even though we were first time missionaries, even though we were really scared and, and, and just unsure of are they sure we're the right people to do this or, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, know we're sure. obviously God was sure. And, um, and they sent us here. And so we were able to start a hospitality house here or restart, I should say. And, um, and here we are six years later. And uh, 
still going strong. And obviously that's where we met you and uh, you and your husband and family and, and have met so many others. Yeah. You guys have an incredible ministry there. Um, that, well, that would be why I wanted you to talk about it. <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. wonderful. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what demographic do you normally work with? Um, there's obviously you said military, but the military is comprised of soldiers and civilians. Actually, people don't necessarily think through that, but there are civilians that are work, work on post. Um, families, single soldiers, kids, you've got the whole, you know, the, there, it's just kind of a slice of American life, mm-hmm. except it's mm-hmm. stuck in the military. So right. what demographic do you serve? Well, we really are the whole time have been open to whoever the Lord brings through our doors is who we will be working with. And so um, we have single soldiers who are here um, by themselves. We have people who are here unaccompanied where their family had to stay back in the States since they just came here for either a short rotation or like for nine months or maybe a year all by themselves. Um, Or also um, we have, definitely had some couples you know young couples without any kids and we have had families big families um yeah small families um so and that has been both soldiers and the the civilian side too um so we really have had all walking through our doors and we have really just loved it there's been different seasons where it's more one than the other um our first couple years it was really a lot of families and a lot of kids. um, And that was who the Lord was bringing. We actually went into it thinking it would be more of the single soldiers and that's not who the Lord brought. And, uh, and it was amazing. So um, yeah, just over the years, it's kind of changed right now. We actually have more in the single soldier, uh, young couples without kids and uh, unaccompanied. Um, So that's who we have the majority of right now. Um, So yeah, kind of, all of them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and our ministry is mostly, you know, we've, for most of the time we've been here again, like I said before, we, we open up our home and we do ministry in our home. So, you know, we could have anywhere between 20 and at times 80 people, including kids in our home. And, yes. you know, it's not like we're in an American home, <laughs> it's, it's you know, an overseas, uh, you know, Korean home, not that they're small, but they're not terribly huge either. So, you know, we've, we've stuffed people in and made it work right now because of, because of the virus and because of everything that's going on with that we can't, we haven't actually been able to do ministry in our home for since before Christmas now. So we're, we're, we're looking at at least nine months. And so it's just a different, a different way to do things now for us. And so we're like, okay, well, we can't meet in our home. Um, you know, we can't gather in large groups really anywhere. So thankfully on post, we've been able to meet in a chapel and it's not the same. It's not the same as home, but at least we're able to meet in a chapel that has a kitchen that has area where we can all meet together and, and converse and eat and, um, and all that. So we've been able to, been able to do that and, and, um, and kind of keep things going and keep the momentum going for us and ministry. And obviously there's a huge need still, and, uh, we're just kind of keep, keep going with what we can, um, until this time period ends and we can, hopefully meet in our home again at some point. <laughs> so well, one of the big things that um, our ministry does is help to provide connection for people and a place of belonging. And um, yeah. 
that is especially needed right now with COVID and it's especially difficult right now with all the things going on. Um, and so I think then it is all the more important for us to continue to try to fight and, and get together in whatever capacity we can so that yeah. we can um, help people to have community and belonging and make connections with other people. So it is yeah. definitely worth the fight. Yeah. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, consider how you may spurn another one on on towards love and good deeds, right? Don't give up meeting together as some other habit of doing. And, um, and that's the, that's the key right now for us is like, how can we continue to encourage one another meet together fellowship and, um, and not give that up and fight for it. And so, um, yeah, that's what we've been doing. It seems like for the last nine months is just how can we continue to get together and make this work um, and and provide an avenue, not only for fellowship, great Christian fellowship, but it, like, I, like we said, uh, just intentional Christian ministry, intentional ministry where we're teaching good theology and doctrine and, and, and talking about life issues and inter, where that intersects with their work and their life and everything. So um, we just kind of have a whole ministry that way. A lot of counseling, a lot of discipleship, teaching, um, and, uh, you know, we have fun doing it and we've been doing yeah. that now for a while. So, yeah, yeah. You guys have been, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just, I was floored at how much, I mean, not that I didn't realize after being, we've been in the army for 17 years or however long it's been like a hundred, I don't know, but <clears throat> after realizing the great need and then i didn't even know that there was a ministry like cadence that existed until we met you guys and it is so needed well Not and as yeah and as you said like the need it is really um i think exacerbated right now because of covid i you know with single and unaccompanied it's really easy when you come to a place like korea it's a foreign place you know, you're kind of locked down anyway right now, but even in regular times, it was like, okay, you're still in a foreign country. It's still hard to get off post. A lot of folks don't have a vehicle or means of transportation. So, so it's really easy to put your head down and just try to get through your nine months or your year and just try to get it over with. And so you stay in your room, you isolate, even if you're a Christian, even if you're a believer, it's easy not to connect with other people. Um, And so whether it's a family, couples, or, you know, our singles and unaccompanied, you know, I I think the real benefit is, is that we're, we're showing people that not only is it valuable, the fellowship is valuable and getting together in Christian community is valuable, but it's, it's, it's kind of breaking the norm of military life. It's like, when, when you, every, you know, one, two, three years, you move into a different place. And it's really hard to like, it really is uh, emotionally draining, relationally draining sometimes just to continue to make new friends and then lose them and, and having to go on and, and seeing people leave, but also being the person who comes in new every time. And so for us, we can kind of be more of the rock. We can be more foundational here and, and just show people, not only is it worth it to be in community, especially Christian community, but there's value. There's, this is a place you can grow. This is a place you can be fed. This is a place you can be encouraged. This is a, this is a place where you can feel free to, to vent your frustrations if you have them, which you, you will, or, or, or to cry or to, or all those things, you know? And, and so it's definitely a huge need, especially in a military community to, to have a place of connection and belonging. And, and for us, we really want people to know that no matter where they go, no matter where the Lord takes them in any season of their life, especially if they're 
looking to be career military or whatever, um, this is going to be a part of life. So how do you how do you not only deal with that, but also see the value in being sent different places and how the Lord can use you um, for the Great Commission as somebody being sent and being being fed and equipped to go to the next place and then starting community or being a part of community and being a valuable part of that um, and what the Lord is doing in so many different lives. And so that's a really huge intentional focus for us. Um, and honestly, we just meet great people and we love it. That's the, that's the great part. That's the um, that's, that's <laughs> nice. It's great to have great friends and great people. We love being around. But that's also the hard part is we love these folks and we love the time we have with them and then they leave us. And then you you have you have periods where you're like, I don't want to make new friends. I like my old friends. You <laughs> yeah. know, I like I like these folks we, we've grown to love and have fun with. Um, and I don't know if I'm ready for new friends. And yet every season, which is usually twice a year, it seems yeah. Um, yeah. if that happens and, you know, we just dive in and there it is. Uh, but that's part of military life. That's part of military culture. And uh, whether you're civilian military, contractor, GS, or military member, it's just the way the community is. And and you learn to live with it. And and we try to uh, break some of the norms that can develop, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, um, <clears throat> well, you mentioned, you just mentioned, you know, a specific challenge of, um, I wanted to talk about what specific challenges you deal with when you're ministering to the military or ministering to overseas, especially, I mean, you guys are dealing with a whole nother dynamic with the overseas piece, but um, I mean, you mentioned the idea of, Hey, uh, we make these friends and then they leave and then we make more friends and they leave. And it, that stinks. It's so hard. Um, So that is obviously a huge challenge. Are there other challenges specific to ministering to military people? Yeah, I think, you know, for any missionary, like, I think first and foremost, uh, one of the challenges is always access. So, so not only do you have to figure out how to live in the country you're in, uh, if you're called overseas, like we are right now. So not only do we have to try to figure out how to live daily life in Korea, whether it's driving, getting a driver's license, shopping, you know, currency, it's, it's, health insurance, it's, you know, visiting the doctor, all those kinds of things, schooling your kids. And so, yes, obviously we have those challenges. We were just telling somebody the other day, you know, every year when we have to renew, for instance, our base pass or our alien cards in country, or even if we had to renew a passport, health insurance, anytime, you know, it could be anything, license, anything. It's like, well, we, we kind of understand the process now we've been here long enough, but but we've also been here long enough to know that when we go back to do it again this year, it's probably have going to have changed. And so we think we have everything we need. We think we have it all figured out and then we get thrown a curveball and there it goes. So every time. Every time. Uh, so there's that. But like I said, the access piece for us is huge, too, because um, every missionary has a people group. Our people group happens to be the American military and the American military community. So that means that not only do we have to have a visa to be in Korea, but we also have to have be granted special access to be able to even get on post. Just because I'm a veteran doesn't mean I automatically have access. Just because 
I'm an American doesn't mean I automatically have access. It's it's a military base, right? That yeah. that means something. It's just a different animal than most people understand. And so for us, we have to go through um, the chapel. So uh, the chapel, the garrison chapel, they sponsor us. They give us essentially a glorified visitor pass. And every year we have to renew that and go through that. So um, and then in COVID times, sometimes we get we get restricted. We get told, sorry, we're not allowing you on for whatever reason, for an unspecified amount of time. And, and other times, you know, you know, it just, it just is what it is. And so there's always that challenge. And especially right now, when we can't have people in our home, it's not like they can just simply come to us. So we can't do that because of Korean law and rules right now. And, and if we can't go on base, that could be another issue for us too. So, so there's always challenges with that. That's a huge piece of what we do, but just in terms of the community, you know, like you already said it, like, it's just, uh, I know we've already said this, but you know, just the constant coming and going, that's a huge challenge when, when your, your ministry, the people that make up your ministry change every year, like it, you know, at least half your people are gone and you have a new half to deal with. And in terms of just continuing to, to have the same fire and passion and to try to bring the same excitement can be, can be a challenge sometimes, although, um, you know, although we, you know, the Lord seems to continue to work in that. And that's always a challenge in any ministry similar to this. Um, but also I think, you know, one thing we notice too, when we deal with families, we see the unique challenges of what it's like to have a family in the military and what it's like for, for, uh, soldiers and their families to move every couple of years where their kiddos who are young and, and they make these great friends and they're part of what, and now all of a sudden mom and dad, say, well, sorry, it's time to move again. And there you can see them heartbroken and, and going through that loss and grief. Like you guys have experienced this many times now. And, and, uh, and that's, boy, that takes a toll too. And so again, that's a huge part of, do I really want to get involved in this next ministry or this next place? And because I, do we want to go through that again? And yet you end up doing it and it happens again. And mm -hmm. so there's that constant, um, there's that constant loss that that accompanies that. Um, and then again, that can lead to isolation. That can lead to a whole lot of things that that we can fall into. And I really think the the military um, takes its toll on marriages and families in a way that uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. quite happen in the civilian world. I mean, the civilian world has its own set of challenges, but um, there's definitely some unique challenges with um, like frequent deployments or just trainings or um, just the stress that comes along with um, the military. And that definitely has an impact um, on marriages and families. And so, you know, there's unique ways that um, they're challenged and unique ways that we have to um, help walk alongside as well. Yeah. And for us too, like, we're not, we're not like a typical like church or chapel. Like we our ministry is centered around what can we do to meet people in the everyday stuff of life. And so we're doing life one-on-one. -on -one. We're doing life in community. We're doing life, what we say on mission, like doing things together. And so, you know, naturally as we're going shopping with people, as we're hanging out, as we're going to the beach, as we're, as we're doing studies, as we're doing, getting one-on-one -on -one time on trips or whatever it is, you know, naturally, you know, people are going to come to us with all sorts of issues, with all sorts of challenges and problems and, and struggles. And so um, not only is that awesome that we are creating an environment, we have an environment where that we're creating that people can come to us and feel free 
at any moment to kind of address those. But it's also a challenge in that, wow, you know, we're, we just have a lot of people to, you know, to, to work with and stuff. And that's why that's part of though what we love, why we love what we do is because uh, I always say, I just love being in the trenches, you know, there's another army term there, military term, but I just love being in the trenches and that's kind of where we find ourselves. And um, I don't know if I'd, we'd rather be anywhere else, you know, um, just, just kind of in there with people, um, laughing, crying, you know, struggling with them, trying to figure life out with them and, um, helping them along and, and hopefully just being a part of the journey of what God is doing in their lives. And, and hopefully the part we play has an impact and, um, and really sets them up to serve, to serve the Lord well as they go forward. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great picture of the challenges of military. I mean, you guys have another the other hard part I I would imagine for you guys is, you know, it's always the hard it's always harder being left when there's, you know, um somebody moves on because the person moving on has the as the, okay, it's a new place and we got to figure this out and whatever. And you're just kind of left holding the bag, like, oh, well, have fun at your new place. You know, it's just so that makes my heart hurt for you guys, (laughs) because it's just, you're right. You have to go back and be like, all right, well, who are the new people? I guess we got to love them now. So, but I like my old friends, just like you you're said. right. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many weeks where, you know, a, a couple or a family or somebody just left and, and you just really loved having them around. You loved getting to know them. And then you go back to chapel on Sunday and it's one of those seasons where a lot of new people are coming in. So a lot of people are leaving as well. And then you go to chapel that Sunday and you're like, but I don't want to make new friends. And, yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I believe not, it. you don't have the You don't have the attitude about it. You're just yep. like, Oh man, you're still hurting. And, yeah. and then there you are. Uh, you meet some new people and, and there, you know, the Lord just starts the cycle over again, but you're right. It, it, it that, I think that is the, one of the hardest parts is just people leaving and, and, y- and you're still there and, yep. um, you know, life goes on. The Lord is still, still there. And, and so, for me, the hardest part, it's been watching our kids um, have to go through that. Yes. Because yes. one thing for us, you know, because we chose this and yep. they're just uh, along for the ride. They're every bit as much important in our ministry as we are. They're a vital part of it. Um, and they are missionaries just as much as we are. Uh, however, they did not choose it the way we chose it. Um, and so it's really hard. My mommy heart um, hurts extra mm. when I see them having a hard time with it. And, um, you know, there's different seasons when they have a lot of friends here and sometimes they don't have a lot of friends here and, um, it's yeah. just really hard. And, um, that is when I need to trust that, uh, it's the Lord who's going to provide for them everything that they need, not their friends, not their school, not me. Um, yeah. and yep, that's a new way to trust trust my kids um, to the Lord, which is the best place to have them anyway. <laughs> yeah. And for our kids too, I mean, it can be a little more isolating because they don't, they don't go to regular school, they're homeschooled. And, and so, you know, there's just less access to that maybe normalcy as we would consider it as, as we reflect on what high school and growing up in America was like. And we think about all these kind of landmarks in our life or whatever. And, and our kids, you know, we often look at them and say, man, they're not able to experience those things and not able to be a part of that. Um, and, and so we kind of grieve for them, even though they don't know they're missing out necessarily, but we know, right. and, uh, and, but there's other things we do see that, that maybe, 
not only is a benefit, but also like, we're like, wow, you know, it's really tough for them not to have access to, to, you know, their age group right now, or not to be able to go to youth group or if youth groups off now they're even more isolated because maybe yes. we're in a neighborhood where there's just not a lot of teenagers or something at this moment or whatever. So um, that is a challenge for us sometimes too. For but, sure. um, I, you know, obviously any missionary, wherever you are, whether you, whether you're in South America, Africa, Europe, somewhere, you know, it just, um, depending on where you are, those challenges also present themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the life that we've been asked to live. And that, you know, that's, again, that's part of that considering a loss. And as parents, our, our biggest hope is not only do we want them to see our faithfulness in carrying out God's mission, but we also want them to know that they're our first disciples. They're our first, most important disciples, our kids. And so um, when, when, whenever anything happens, they're first, you know, they're, how they feel, how they, whatever, we are giving them our attention first before anything else. And so, um, you know, we, we just, we learned from some really great folks before we came out, Hey, focus on your kids, give them your time and attention. God has given them to you first. And, uh, and, and if you're faithful to that, God will allow, um, other, you know, he will allow you to be faithful in other things and bring other fruit in other areas. And so, we've really just tried to stick to that as much as possible. And as we've loved our kids well and loved our family well, um, we've been able to invite others in, single soldiers, unaccompanied families, and and love them well, and and hopefully pro- also provide an example of how it can be um, for them. Yes. I'm so glad you brought in the kid piece. Because I think that, I, I think, not that, you know, I get on the verse, you know, being faithful in the small things, I can't, I can't remember specifically. You know where that is, don't you, Chris? It's probably, I don't know. <laughs> Touch me right now. I'm like, it's late at night. <laughs> but I, um, <laughs> not that the kids are a small thing, so to speak, but you're right. They were given to you the first, you know, that's your first mission ground, if you will, or your first yeah. disciples or your first whatever. Um, they're your priority. Uh, not to say they have to be your whole world, obviously. Right, but right. You do have to process like... You, processing all that hard stuff with your kids is really important and um character building and you know so i'm glad you brought that piece in because it's really important to make sure that you're still connected with your family yeah. um, as you that's, that's right yeah and you know and for us too not only is it just personally important for us to just let our kids know that they are very important and that they're huge and that, you know, that they're a huge part of not only what God is doing in us and through us here, but we want them to know that they are the most important thing. And, um, and, and, and that frees us then and frees them up to share us with all the soldiers and families that come through our door. And, and the, and the great benefit, the great side effect of that is, is that as, as we minister to other families, you know, we can kind of share, Hey, listen, you can give all you can to the military and it'll still continue taking. Um, And and if you, and if you don't, and if you write like the army doesn't care, it just, you know, like it, it's like, I just want, you know, it's a big behemoth that just takes and takes. And so, you know, for us, if we can just kind of send that message, both in action and in word that your family's important and that, 
um, they're a huge piece of what God is doing in and through you. Um, and you got to be faithful with that and, and give time and effort to them and to developing them and, and growing them up in God's word and faithfulness. And, and I think, I think God honors that in huge ways. And for us, we, we felt like that we've, we've just said, Hey kids, we want you to take ownership of what we're doing here. We don't want you to feel second, second to anything. And, uh, you are a huge part of this. And if any time you feel like you want to take a break or rest or whatever, we're going to allow that, you know? And so we've kind of, that's just a family rule for us. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to go to ministry one night. Okay. Just tell us now, most of the time, like 99% of the time, kids would never think about that because they have fun and they love interacting with our soldiers and they love interacting with our kids. And they're just great other Christian influences in their lives. But, um, but occasionally, yeah, you know, you just, they have to stay back and we're like, Hey man, we're going to give you that rest and protect you from, you know, things. Right. Right. Burnout. I mean, I'm sure even they could burn out. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like you've answered my next question, but what do you really enjoy? I mean, we kind of touched on it pieces maybe, but um, if you could flesh out what do you really enjoy about ministering? I know you talked about hospitality, like that was your jam even before you decided to do this full time. Um, specific pieces of hospitality that you enjoy or what is it about your ministry that is like, this is amazing. I really like this part. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we really like about this ministry. Um, so uh, just tonight, I think, is a good example of something that we really love that uh, has been hard to do in the last year and a half with um, all the stuff going on in the world. But uh, even just those spontaneous moments where we can um, just help build community or just have fun with people um, and just be able to be a part of daily life with other people. And so, um, you know, we last minute decide to... Um, get out in the neighborhood and share a meal together and somebody walks out of the door and we're like, Hey, come join us. And, you know, like those kind of things where, um, you know, somebody whose husband is gone for a month and she's just there by herself and she's lonely. And, uh, and now she just got to have a meal with, uh, some people and, um, be loved on and, uh, like just things like that. I just love to be able to do that and pull people in and help them feel, like they can belong, um, even yeah. if it's just last minute stuff. I just love doing that. I also love the uh, opportunity to to be able to walk alongside um, military wives and I mean the military members as well. But um, what they do is so unique and um, so sacrificial, and just to be able to um, walk alongside them, I think I just really love being able to do that as well. We have found that in many ways we have gotten kind of a military experience, which I never really expected that coming into it. Did you? I don't know. <laughs> like, um, and so that's been fun too, to be able to experience kind of on the inside, some of the struggles that the military might have um, as well. So I, I think, um, I think again, a huge thing for us is the hospitality, opening up our home, uh, just inviting people in. And, uh, you know, this is our safe place. This is our castle. This is where yeah. we feel comfortable. But to be able to invite people into that 
and not just to hang out, not just to laugh and whatever and and whatever. It, it it's it is that yes because that's a huge piece, yeah. but it's also being intentional in that. And we, I think we just love being able to to share share God's word, share the Lord, share Christ, share our experience, share our wisdom, and uh, and then study God's word together within that environment that I really enjoy and I love. And, and I love that it provides an avenue for people to, to, to let their guard down, to, to, you know, kind of break the barrier. And so often it is, it can happen in any culture, but in military culture, you put on the uniform and now you're wearing a mask and it's easy to hide behind that mask all the time. And so it's great for us to be able to provide a, a venue and a place where they can take the mask off and just be real and be genuine. And then, and then hopefully in, it's in that environment that the Lord can meet them genuinely and that Jesus can speak directly to their heart and break down even more barriers um, and all that. And so I just, I love that. I, um, I you know, I, I have personally, I'm not. I thought going into seminary that I would be a guy who would really love getting up and preaching and, you know, and all that. And yes. not that I don't mind that, but I, I again, I, I've already said this. I love just being in the trenches with people and bringing God's word and sharing those things on a more informal basis and not necessarily in a sermon or you know, like a formal teaching, even though we do that. And I do do that. But I really genuinely love going through books of the Bible with people or through a book, you know, that I think, man, this is going to really have an impact in their life. And um, that's just something we love to do mm. is just the relational piece of this. And um, Rosaria Butterfield came out with a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key and a great book. And and like we live that and we yeah, we just love it. And and that's the heart of our ministry is. What does it look like to open up your whole life to people sacrificially uh, and to live for the Lord intentionally trying to share the gospel and fulfill the great commission? And that's, that's really what we've committed our life to. Yeah. And I think, I, well, I mean, and how, how could you get a more, in my opinion, how could you get a more biblical model? I mean, Jesus, when he was on this earth was mm -hmm. with his 12 disciples granted you guys are doing you know lots of people and it, it isn't just these 12 people but the idea of relationally connecting with people and living out daily life is um personally i think it's one of the best ways to you know evangelize because people are it takes a minute for them to open up but once they do you have an opportunity to speak mm -hmm. truth into their lives. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so. And more and more, Courtney, we're finding like as the older, wiser couple. Yes. You know, like, you know, it's. I know just, about it, this too. Yeah, right. Like, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> what, what have people said to you before, Jen? Like, what what's the phrase about being the older, older woman? <laughs> you know, the wise older woman. Yeah, I'm glad and to I'm have like, a wise oh, older, older I, woman. Yeah, I'd who's like that? Yeah, I look around. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy with the gray hair. Okay. And then receding <laughs> that hairline. Okay. That, it's, that's me. Uh, but, you know, in one sense, like, it's really... I, I think I'm starting to enjoy it more, just kind of being like, okay, no longer am I just friend Chris, although sometimes I am with folks our age, right? right. But more and more people are just looking up to me as here's an older guy that's kind of like my dad, you know, or my dad's age or whatever. And so that's it's an interesting place to be. But at the same time, I'm finding I enjoy that because 
Um, it provides me uh, permission and authorities and, and viewpoints and into their lives uh, that I can say things and do things and be things that that I, I can have an impact. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of folks need that. And I just love I love our, especially our really young single soldiers and just be able to come in and just, we can be mom and dad and just love on them well. And how can we help you? And what can we do? You know, like that's yeah. a neat part too, that it we is. get to serve and um, it's kind of fun. And then our kids get to be brother and sister, which is kind of fun too. So um, it's kind of a bonus. But we really have, I mean, we do know that um, we really have to have permission to be able to speak into somebody's life. And if you have a, genuine real authentic relationship with them uh that's gonna you know take you a long way to get that permission to speak into their lives and to share the gospel again it's gonna allow them to take the mask off break the barriers and okay i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe listen more to what chris and jenny might have to say to me than if it was just somebody i only see once a week and who doesn't really take an interest in my life you know so right 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 no and i think that at I don't know. I mean, we've talked all, all through us about just um, Nathan and I, obviously we're not in a specific capacity hospitality, but you know, mm-hmm. God puts people in our lives that are right. significantly younger than us. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I'm always floored. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, what year were you born? <laughs> what just happened here? It was anyway, I, I don't know. It's a weird season. We were talking with other friends too about like, oh yeah, we're like totally on the same page, right? Like we like the same things. I'm like, I think I'm 20 years older than you. I don't think we're the, no, I'm the older one. Yeah. It's fine. That's fine. There's a couple of guys in the ministry right now. One's an uncompanied guy. He's our age, you know, and another guy our age who's a pilot. And so he he was making it. Uh, this one guy kind of makes some movie references or quotes from the mid mid nineties, yeah. and I'm like, I totally get it. That's totally my high school, it. high school, college years, right? Uh, and and so I understand what you're saying, but then you know, there's the younger folks around there that have no clue, or no. you know, even I, I I think for me it became real a couple of years ago when I was making Star Wars references, and I realized that there are people who've never seen the original Star Wars, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like. Uh oh, I've got to like rethink how I how I approach people, and yeah. I got to know my audience, right? Like, oh, yeah. there is definitely things right now that I don't get, um, especially now. Like, I I'm not on TikTok, I don't get that, you know. Right. But maybe is it similar to stuff I already know? I don't know. So yeah, so there's lots of things where it's like, okay, you got to constantly learn and be willing to at yeah. least find ways to connect with people. Uh, otherwise, boy. Uh, we're going to be the lost old folks around here. <laughs> totally clueless. What's happening in the real world? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh my word. That's hilarious. So how have your personal walks with the Lord been impacted by being, um, you know, in your ministry? What, um, like, what has God done for you personally or where have you gone in your personal walks with God? I think for me, um, it's definitely probably the biggest time in my life where I've had to um, trust the Lord and um, take what I believe about him and actually live that out in my life. I no longer can just have my Sunday school answers and that's good enough because now I have to live them. (laughs) Um, And so those leaps of faith that we've had to take uh, has definitely invited more 
and increased my faith. The more I take those leaps of faith, the more faith that I have. Um, and I think uh, we just talked on Friday night actually about the omnipotence of God and how powerless we actually are. And um, I think that this journey has also <laughs> humbled me with that reality um, day after day about how powerless I actually am um, because there's not much that I have power over and at least now that illusion of power is gone. So yes, (laughs) I'm I'm more, you know, in reality that way. Um, but it's been so, it's been so fun to be able to see what the Lord's doing and not know what it's going to be, but expect it'll happen no matter what. Um, and I have, I don't know, that's, it's been very fun for me. I, uh, I, uh, I've grown, I think similarly, I've, um, this has been a huge time of growth for me as well. And, um, I I would just say, yeah, when, when you have to live out your theology, when you have to live out God's word on a daily basis and, and, and when you're faced with issues that you never thought, like you've never dealt with, but here this person is across from you and they're struggling with this, or they're dealing with this, or they're experiencing something. And, and even if you don't have the answer, you're like, man, I, I gotta be in God's word. I gotta, yep. gotta be in, be faithful to in prayer. And, and because the Lord has put me and us in a position to be leaders and to guide and to direct and counsel. Um, and that's a huge responsibility, but also it's fun. It's great. And there are many times I like, it's weekly. I, I'm like, I come across something where I'm like, I have no clue how to answer this. You know? Yeah. I went to seminary for six years. Yeah. You know, I've been a Christian a while and we've been doing this, but boy, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm stumped right now. So let me get back to you on that, you know, and, and just being able to just be genuine with people and say, wow, okay, how can I pray with you through this? And how can I walk with you? And I may not have the answer right now, but let's, let's explore this together and see what God's word says. And, and that's been huge uh, for me and for us, I think. And, and really God has worked in so many ways um, in, in this time for us. And anytime you, you uh, agree in faithfulness to follow the Lord and go wherever he leads and to, and to be involved in the lives of others, you're going to be challenged and, and, uh, if, if you're faithful, you're going to step up and you're going to dive into God's word more. And, and he's going to use you in ways that you never thought was possible. Uh, and even he's just going to let you be there to see awesome things that he's doing, which I think is just as awesome. Even if he's not using us to do it, you can see so many things in people's lives where you can just praise God that it was only him that could be doing that, um, and working in the way he's doing it. And just, that's a really neat thing to see God working like that. And we get to see it all the time. And that, that's a neat thing. Yeah. I love that. Um, <clears throat> so if there was one thing or a few things, Chris, maybe you have a few things that <laughs> <laughs> you would want people to remember if I gave you two minutes, what would you tell people that, um, I don't know, just what's on your heart about your ministry, about serving God in challenging places, about loving people uh, relationally, about what you do. 
what would you want them to remember? Yeah, I think one thing that we we tell people all the time, and I and I preach this, I say it, I not only preach it, teach it, but I, I just say it frequently. And I encourage this in the lives of especially the young men or even the married guys that I that I work with and talk to. Um, and, and all of our folks is okay. I said that a bunch right there. Maybe Nate, uh, Nathan, you can cut that out because I'm, I'm, I'm rambling right now. It's fine. I love it. Hold on. Give me a second. I was just about, it was right here. <laughs> and I lost it, Courtney. I was thinking about Nathan's handsome face. I mean, and just I understand the struggle. Messed me it. up. I had this dog <laughs> looking at me right here. <laughs> Look at that cute pup right there. Um, funny. Yeah, give me a second. Okay. Love Jenny. So one, so one thing that I think um, I would love people to remember is that we have been called by God to do this vocationally full time. But, uh, and this is also something that God calls all of us to do. Um, and you don't have to do it full time. You don't have to do it vocationally in order to do this. Because this is something that um, we can all do in our everyday lives. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and that's that's what we preach, teach, live, and and saying. Listen, you're in a season right now where where the army is a huge part of your life, uh, and yet you are still called by God to share the gospel, to to make disciples of all nations. And, and what does that look, what would it look like if you were to invite people into your everyday life? Maybe it just starts out as a coffee or a breakfast. Maybe it's a coworker at work or somebody in your barracks. Um, who is it in your life that you can invite in, into your safe place, into your zone, and to just intentionally, at least on your part, intentionally take them under your wing to love them, to be genuinely friendly and, and to listen to their lives, to get to know their story. And if they're not a Christian, obviously share the gospel and whatever. If they are a Christian, what, what does it look like to have fellowship and live with them in community here and to do life alongside them and maybe learn from each other? Um, and so, yeah, we're called to this vocationally, but we were even doing this before, uh, maybe not to the same degree or with as many people. Obviously, we were doing it in the States, not here, but uh, we're all called to be involved in people's lives. And I think if there's going to be revival to happen, it's going to take a lot of people individually and couples and families just to say, you know what? There's one person at least, or there's one family in my circle, wherever God has me at, at this moment in time that I could invite in. Maybe it's a non-believer. Yes, that'd be great. Um, but even if it's another Christian family where you are, like, what does it look like to have fellowship and be intentional about um, honoring the Lord together, learning about him, being faithful to him, um, studying together, living together, and then going out and sharing Christ together um, or inviting people into your home, like the non-believer from work. And what do you have to lose? Right. Um, and these are people already know you and trust you. They probably already know you're a believer. And what does it look like? What, what could it look like to invite them in and just to share your story and, 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 see what kind of role God can play uh, with you in their life and, and then use you to reach them. So I think that's a huge thing for us. And that's one thing we're saying, listen, we're both people who like, I, I'm not like this super articulate theologian. I'm not this great thinker. I'm not this super well-read person, but we're just regular people that have been called by God to come over here to do this. Honestly, like that's what it is. Like I'm, 
like every day I'm like, wow, there's people who could, who could speak better than me, who, who counsel better than me, who listen better than me. And yet, thank you, Lord, that you have chosen me and called me to do this. And I want to be faithful into it. And, and I'm sure there's other people who feel the same way and think, how could God use me? And yet he can, uh, I I'm an example. Like, I just feel like it. And, uh, here you are, just go do it. And, um, if you're willing, as Isaiah said uh, in, in chapter six of Isaiah, he's like, you're my Lord, send me. If you're willing to have that attitude, boy, God can do great things in you and through you. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's a cool thing. That's great. Anything yeah. to add, Jenny? You kind of threw your two cents in there. Anything else? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. Chris said it all. It's fine. It's great. I'm used Was, to it. She, she said, hey, Chris already said the super articulate, <laughs> well thought out, yeah. well read, yeah. theologically accurate and yes. well answer. So Absolutely. might as well. Yeah. yeah, I got. Yeah, Chris, you're I mean, you're on my speed dial. I got a few pastors that I'm like, all right, yeah. I don't know the answer. So go ask Mr. Yeah. Chris. It's, well, thank you. I, I don't appreciate know. that. Again, if you want the like the really well-read theological answer, I'm maybe not always the first person to go to, <laughs> but I appreciate it because I'm trying. I'm trying to right. be faithful to God's word and faithful to to right teaching, and um, like and you know I'm still learning as I go too. And um, yep. yeah, that's totally yeah. fair. And and, and again, I, like that's the environment we try to create with everybody. Hey, man, this is a place to ask the question. This is a place not to feel embarrassed. That you don't know something. This is a place because you know you, you may not always feel that in church or another place, but I just I want you to be able to ask it because if you can't ask it here, where are you going to ask it? I want you to know. I want you to I want you to explore and, and read your Bible and, and those kind of things. And we do and like ask the question. Be be you know this is the place to learn and to grow and to to be challenged too. You know. And when people are in our home, they feel um, more able, more, more approachable, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Absolutely. You guys are doing such wonderful things. I mean, I know God's working through you, um, but I'm just grateful that you were able to be on here and share the story because I wanted everyone who's listening to hear what you do and that they can do it too and you know smaller scale but it's not like you said it's yes you're doing it vocationally yes you're doing it full-time but it's we are all called to connect with somebody else and Mm -hmm. not live an isolated life so um and invite other people into our world and hopefully offer the gospel if it's not um you know they're not believers and if they are believers you know there's plenty of believers that i feel like are kind of on the only the gospel on the fringe but they're just you know they need connection too so well and we have this simple resource right we have ourselves we have our home and it's not simple process necessarily um some people are very you know very easily hospitable and other people it's a more of a challenge but i think god still calls us to do it and and boy um, we have this simple resource. It's just a matter of, are we going to take advantage of it and yes. invite people in? And uh, I really respect those folks who go out and preach God's word and are out there all the time and, 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 and inviting strangers and meeting strangers for the first time. But for many of us, there's people like us who are just like, wow, um, we're naturally maybe relatable or we can maybe invite people in. And that's comfortable for a little more comfortable for us to be intentional that way. And 
why not? Why not use that resource that God has given you and open the door with it, you know, just open the door, just open the door. Seriously, Courtney, open, yeah, the door. Good. Just open it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks you guys for being on, on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for doing what you do. And, um, you know, well, uh, I just can't wait to have hear what's on the, what people are gonna, maybe they might post more questions for you, Chris. On my Ooh, phone. good. Okay, good. <laughs> what will you do? You'll have time to think you about will it. follow up and answer. Yeah, and answer you're going to have to. No, you're going to have to. Yeah, <laughs> sure. that's how it is. Okay. All right. Well, thanks you guys. Courtney. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this conversation from the BRV. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and that it inspires you to live out your own brave story.